The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. Hey, never forget, you can always text us, 918-262-5072. Just had a uh, question off of the text line, uh, 808, ask a question. It says, I saw him ask this at 816 this morning as well, and then again this afternoon. Is Coach Boynton on the hot seat? Question mark. And what grade would you give him this year? And yes, he has had lots of hurdles. Yeah. Uh, I that is enough, I believe, to have a conversation at some point this afternoon on. I do I believe that he's on the hot seat? No, I don't. We can talk about the hurdles. Um, my grading scale is probably one that's a tad bit more difficult, maybe than some others. It's it's a passing grade, but barely for I believe. Mike Boynton and the Oklahoma State Cowboys, like a sixty-nine point eight. Boy, I suffer. I, I, I think a lot of us were able to um, feel a little bit of the disappointment through the broadcast last night about the way that the game was going, and I'm not talking about TV either, at all. I think there were some frustrating moments, and I tend to be one that agrees with Dave Unzeiker. I think. UNT was a really good team this year. Their record speaks for itself. They're one of the elite defensive teams in the country. But there was a moment last night where the entire, you know, they are kind of getting bullied and kicked around a little bit here by a Conference USA future American team, which I don't think set well with a lot of people last night. So good question. We'll get into that coming up here in a bit. But first, let's set up the hotline. After a week respite, we welcome back in Dr. Christopher Crane from Tulsa Bona Joint here on the Blitz 1170. What's up, Dr. Crane? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to have you back in the fold this week. Uh, how was your spring break? Did you guys do anything uh, at all? Any fun? No, nothing too exciting. Uh, helped cover out some of the other clinics and let the other doctors go cavort around with their families. But there you it was go. a good time. There and, you go. Uh, Hopefully the weather this week will feel more like spring break. No doubt. Today's off to a good start, except for that pesky rain that's coming through a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, here's to patio weather soon and maybe, I don't know, some nice Topo Chico mineral water or a margarita if you so choose. Uh, big on patio season. I sent you – I didn't send you the video. You watched the video. I'm glad that you got to see it. But this comes to us from the World Baseball Classic – We've had a couple of really awful injuries come to us from the World Baseball Classic. Uh, we'll start with Jose Altuve, though. He is the two-time world champion second baseman of the Houston Astros. And there he was in the batter's box the other night and uh, playing for Venezuela. And Daniel Bard runs a fastball in on his hands. You watched it. That was an awful hit. By video... The fracture looks to be, and I at least read one report that said they think that it's the tip of his thumb and not the base. So I'll let you kind of pick it up from there, from what you can pick through on a video, you know, from thousands of miles away. Um, They say at least out three months, 
But let's walk through the different versions of thumb fractures that this could potentially be for Jose Altuve. Yeah, it was a pretty big, I mean, 96 miles an hour is not slow. And the problem is, too, that he's holding onto the bat, so his thumb has nowhere to go. It just gets crushed between bat and ball. And so that's probably not a small injury. They haven't really announced the details of it. Uh, you could see one of the camera angles he's walking with his thumb kind of at a weird angle, but that's about it. And I think it's just a matter of, of a couple things. One, is it in is the break still lined up or is it what we call comminuted where sometimes those crush forces will break it into multiple pieces that can be a problem that you have to make sure all these pieces are lined up to heal well um but other times they're still lined up pretty well and it's a matter of of letting them rest if it's in multiple pieces or those pieces are displaced at all well he's probably looking at what they call fixation where they'll go in with pins or plates or different things to try to hold the bones together in the right way so that they can heal in that way and that's just a long procedure it depends on what they need to do and that's very very speculative on on the type of fracture the other concern i would have is if the fracture does involve the joint it's one thing if the fracture occurs in the bone but is far far away from where the motion occurs at the joint but if that fracture goes into the joint or affects the cartilage in that area then any motion has to really you need a fair amount of healing before that can be something you can really do. And if there's cartilage disruption, then that may even lead to long-term issues. And so a lot of this is going to come down to what they're seeing on their scans, the extent of the fracture, and whether or not it's involving a joint that might delay even longer, especially getting back to elite play like he does. Yeah, that sounds like that that could be a potential problem. Um, once, Let's say, and we can we could pick one of the situations like you described. Um, we all know how important the thumb is, you know, with my medical background. <laughs> the newsflash, yeah, the thumb. Yeah, so separates the, us from the goldfish, right? Yes, the thumb is important, newsflash. Uh, breaking news here on the Blitz. Um, but for the type of profession that he's in, with even the, the feel and the, the grip on, on the bat, um, I know that they can say, hey, three months even at, at the earliest part of this, but that also seems like that that could be an entire process even once he gets back within a three-month window of, like, does full grip strength come back? How how could that potentially affect that if it is where they have to go in and pin the bones together in the thumb? Right, and that really the more distal down the thumb it is, the better it's going to be for things like grip strength. If you're involving at all the base of the thumb or the – the more proximal joints in the thumb, that that will greatly affect not just grip, but even just you know, pushing on things, swinging a bat. If this is all distal to that last knuckle in your thumb, uh, my hope would be that he would be able to rehab grip. Um, the, the thing that would be really limited would be pinch. Uh, that would be a difficult thing that would need some rehab um, to make sure he gets full strength on that and in a comfortable way. But um, with baseball, I think we're, we're more worried about grip strength, about holding a bat to swing. Um, he might even be a little nervous to catch a throw, but my hope would be that if it's mostly distal in the thumb, that that would be something he could get back to doing. Um, it, it really just depends. It sounds like they're really not trying to meet any kind of deadline, yeah. which is totally appropriate. They're just trying to get him healed up right. 
The other injury that happened in the World Baseball Classic is one that happened during a celebration. I don't know if you got to see this or not, but uh, it's Edwin Diaz who plays a very pivotal role for the Mets. He is their closer. Um, after celebrating with his teammates uh, in a victory uh, for Puerto Rico, um, Doc, they're jumping around. they got their arms around each other, and the next thing you know, when they separate, he's on the ground and he's in tears. Um, they fear that it is a patella tendon rupture uh, that happened. So my question here would be, because we've talked about these before, but it seems like such a simplistic uh, thing that he's doing to suffer an injury of this magnitude. Uh, and I don't know why I have a mental hurdle. I've seen football players that have had this happen to them uh, for the University of Tulsa in my coverage. I've seen other football players have it happen. But it's typically been with something that's happened that's a little bit more consistent with the sport rather than just celebrating with teammates. Um, is that an outlier in your opinion? Yeah, that's not very common. That's a sturdy tendon in, in most people. And that's doing an extremely important role. I mean, the patellar tendon itself is the anchor that all of the quad muscles are pulling on. And so rupturing that tendon, especially fully tearing it, like it sounds like he did, I mean, you don't have the ability to straighten the leg. You cannot extend the knee into a straight position against any kind of gravity because you don't have that anchor. Those muscles are pulling on, on essentially nothing. And so that's that's not a super common injury to begin with, but especially to just be kind of celebrating and and not not doing anything particularly intense at the time. That's that's definitely unusual. Uh, my the first thing that comes to my mind, and we'll probably never know, is was it bothering him before that? Was yeah. it already inflamed and maybe starting to be weakened, and he was pushing through it to play, and then it just had a sudden large failure? Or, is this, I mean, it, that's the sort of thing I worry about because it, it, that would be exceptionally rare to just have a large patellar tendon rupture, especially, like you said, not this wasn't intense sport. This was celebrating. Yeah, they're just dancing around, and I turned away for the TV from just a moment, and then the next thing I know, he's down on the ground, and I'm thinking, what in the world just happened here? Never with the idea that it could be an injury of that extent. Um, and especially in non-Major League Baseball competition. I'm sure the Mets just absolutely love that, uh, to see that happen to their starting closer for a team that spent a ton of money. Uh, just not a good scene at all. And the final one here, and I'll ask this because we're going to talk Thunder in the next hour, but they were playing against the Clippers uh, last night, and Paul George uh, went down with a knee injury. It's expected, or at least they feel like, that it's a right knee hyperextension with the worry at least a partial ligament tear involving the PCL and then bone bruise as well, which is require weeks to heal. I, that doesn't necessarily put that into the category of being something that he can come back from this season. They have like 10 regular season games left, Doc, and then we dive into the playoffs. That seems like a lengthy recovery for a guy that's had consistent knee problems in the first place. Yeah, that's tough to say. I mean, partial PCL tear, you want that to heal down. You want that structural stability in the knee. Bone contusion and bone bruise, it sounds like a minor thing. You say just a bruise kind of thing. like that. It, those are actually fairly painful. And if they're in the right spots, they can be on the weight-bearing parts of the knee and actually really even limit your ability to walk until those bruises start to improve. And that can take weeks. That's That's... Bruising is a good thing to see as opposed to like fractures or tears or things like that. But 
it doesn't diminish the pain and the limits that it kind of gives you for a while. Um, just from what you've said, I don't hear anything that should be absolutely devastating or even necessarily surgical. So I would be hopeful for him uh, to make a recovery in, in a reasonable amount of time. But uh, they, like you said, how, how much is left to really yep. play? Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I guess we'll wait on the MRI to reveal what the um, overall damage is there. I mean, it's still early in this entire process. Dr. Crane, great to have you back, man. Thank you so much for all of the uh, great info. Looking forward to doing it again next week. And uh, we'll encourage everyone to check out TulsaBoneandJoint.com right now. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Great talking with you. That is Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Might you check out their website, TulsaBoneandJoint.com. Matt, if you have any questions whatsoever, here's a number for you to call, 918-392-1400.